Okay, so remember how yesterday we talked about that influencer's wedding costing $100 million New Zealand dollars? I do, I do remember. Yes, it's lived in my brain ever since. Can you hear the smile in my voice? Because <laughs> the groom is facing a possible life sentence related to an aggravated assault. Oh my gosh, a life, a life sentence. <laughs> like marriage, but not as fun. <laughs> The, uh, the the worst kind of <laughs> life guy. sentence. This is, according to overseas media, related to an incident that occurred eight months ago where he allegedly shot at a police officer. Oh, my gosh. It's a bit confusing because, according to these articles, he's either facing a life sentence or less than five years in prison. Okay. So I don't quite understand that. But then also the district attorney's office has allegedly offered him a plea deal of 25 years. This is serious. Is it bad of me that my first thought is you've spent all that money, all that money on a day to celebrate your wedding and possibly you're going to live your entire life behind bars anyway? Imagine the father of the bride. Imagine what he's thinking. <laughs> he's thinking the same thing. Oh, also, <laughs> whilst I was reading up about this, uh, important detail we missed yesterday when oh. we talked about it, mm. their gift registry included a 20000 New Zealand dollar butterfly house. What's a butterfly house? I don't even think butterflies know what a butterfly house is. I mean, we're going to bring you whatever else comes of these two because it seems like, oh, they're just news fodder. But for now, kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Jess. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. Te Pate Māori and its supporters are set to take to the streets today to protest against the new government's treatment of Māori and Te Tiriti or Waitangi. COVID misinformation is back in the headlines, but why has it landed one government employee in court? And still on that nasty old virus, two new versions of coronavirus have been discovered in New Zealand bats. And that's got scientists quite excited. And let's work smarter, not harder, everyone. We've got the science behind choosing the perfect Christmas tree. We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Today is billed as National Māori Action Day by Te Pāti Māori with a string of demonstrations planned across the North Island. The party says the protest called to coincide with the opening of Parliament where MPs are going to be sworn in today is in response to the National-led coalition's policies relating to co-governance and te tiriti or waitangi among other things. So joining us now to discuss all of this is Paura Stanley, Chief Executive of Bay of Plenty-based iwi Nati Tirangi, which is supporting today's actions. Kia ora, Paura. Thank you for being with us. Kia ora. Thank you. All good. Paura, why are you supporting this day of action? Well, not because we're Māori Party members, of course. I'm a, I'm a fully paid-up National Party member, just to say. Mm. But um, we are deeply concerned about the direction that this government is taking. It's talking about getting the economy on track. I don't know what the hell that has to do with getting rid of our language. But there's just a lot of worrying things that are going on at this moment. That's the first issue. The second issue is we're acutely aware of the power that we have in and out and around our society. And we're going to assert some of it to show our disdain for what the government is currently doing. As a fully paid up National Party member, is this quite <laughs> conflicting for you? I... No, no. I mean, you know, the other side, uh, National have been at the very front end of Māori development, whether people accept it or not, particularly from the earlier days. Mm. A lot of Māori were National Party members at the beginning because they're all mm. farmers, right? But I don't have any conflict at all. I, I mean, I'm for my people. And this is where our people are saying we need to be focusing on. That's what we're doing. 
Paura, will your iwi be taking part in this day of action and, and what will they be doing? You know, we've got a couple of hundred people who, are going to, who said they're going to turn up, which would be great. We've got an, a lot of police involvement, which we speak to. We keep them informed on every operation we go on. So they help keep our people safe. Mm. It's going to be a good day out. And Paura, you've got a history of protest, I believe. In the words of one of the leaders that you're protesting against, this isn't your first rodeo. <laughs> no, um, no, thank obviously a I was CEO of an Indian reservation in Quebec and led a lot of protests there. But, you know, it's no, it ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> Paura, so I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. This, this It is a conflict between these policies and, and you being a, a, a fully paid national member. Are you questioning your involvement with the party now? No. Um, I agree with them uh, around things like kind order. And then nothing. Goodbye, see you later. No problem with that. Although other people may disagree, but I have buddies who are doctors who are National Party supporters as well, and they're, they're not happy about the smoking legislation repeal. Mm. But it's things you can work through, right? You work through these issues. What we're doing here, we're going to show the country a little bit of what we're capable of doing. We know how we can bring the country to a standstill with protest. Māori businesses are worth $100 billion dollars. Imagine what you can do with that. Now, I've, I've been in a situation where when I was in Quebec, we just said to the local town, if you don't treat our people right, we're not going to shop here anymore. Mm-hmm. It virtually crippled that town. And it's about how you use your economic leverage. Do you think these public appetite, wider public appetite, will you get support? Well, this isn't about getting support. This is about making a statement. Mm-hmm. And you may be the only person who believes what you're saying. It doesn't make you wrong. Do you think the government has a mandate for these policies that the protest action is about? No. no I, I don't think the government has a mandate for it at all. Mm-hmm. I think when it looks at a lot of the, the comms that are coming about around treaty and all the research stuff, uh, the New Zealand populace is saying, well, we want to have an all-inclusive conversation about that and we want everybody to be involved, not just government making, making these rules up as they go. Do you reckon the government will listen? Oh, they will eventually. Mm. You, you know, like, if Kiwis believe in a similar issue, they will listen. Now, regardless, we know legal ways of leveraging against them. And uh, what do you mean by legal? What are, what are the next steps after today? Well, uh, as much as I'd love to tell you, I won't. <laughs> but Go on, I, give us the exclusive. You know, you know, no, you're not paying me enough. Uh, but, <laughs> but I think, you know, we've been through Environment Court, Court of Appeal, Supreme Court... We know how to go through it. We know how to win from them. The Waitangi Tribunal, we know the legal system in this country very well. And when you've got $100 billion back in you, you can fight anywhere you want, baby. So today's not the end. It's only the beginning. Stanley Paura, Namahi Nui, Noho Oramai, thank you so much for your time. Kia ora. Emo, uh, would you say you've got the riz? Heck yeah, I got the Riz. Why would you even feel the need to ask me that? I'm Riz-tastic. <laughs> ask Riz-tastic because Oxford Dictionary announced Riz is the word of the year. And for those unfamiliar with the word Riz, Oxford says it's an internet slang term for romantic appeal or charm. Oh, why I'm not here saying yes, I definitely have romantic appeal no, or charm. I thought it meant like pizzazz or like bada bing bada bomb, she got the Riz. Nah, you rate that's yourself. What, that's the Riz I've got. <laughs> 
I love your definition. You should send that to Oxford for them to oh, consider. Well. Uh, what we want to know from you, our lovely listeners, though, is what is your word of 2023? Find us on Insta. We have a little question box on our stories, or you can slide into the DMs and explain yourself. We're at Usable NZ. You can always email us your word of the year too, usable at stuff.co.nz. A Te Whatu Order Health New Zealand worker has appeared in court accused of illegally accessing databases and personal information, which he then released via a video with conspiracy theorist Liz Gunn. Barry Young, who is also using a pseudonym Winston Smith in these videos with Gunn, now faces up to seven years in jail. He's pleaded not guilty. Rachel Thomas, a reporter for The Post, has been covering the story and is here to give us some of the details. Kia ora, Rachel. Thanks for coming on. Kia ora. What do we know about uh, Barry Young slash Winston Smith? Well, Barry Young is a man who has worked in the health system for a number of years. He was authorised to access data as part of his work and was locked out of Te Whatu Order's systems as soon as it became aware of the unauthorised use, which I'm told was on Thursday last week, so November 30th. It's important to note that he has no clinical background or expert vaccine knowledge, and Te Whatu Order says it appears he has been trying to spread misinformation, and of course he's now facing these criminal charges. So what do we know about this information he's accused of accessing and then releasing? So he downloaded a large amount of vaccine-related information and information about death rates. So this data appears to have been anonymised, um, according to Te Whatu Order, and they're still analysing it. But they say work so far has not found any national health index numbers, which are, of course, unique to patients, mm. or personally identifiable information. But the problem is now that information is being presented as like a smoking gun that shows what he claims is people dying due to the COVID-19 vaccine. There are masses of peer-reviewed verified, painstakingly collected data that show this is not the case. In fact, once you control for age, we actually have fewer deaths overall now than we did before the pandemic. Wow. And to repeat what we kind of mentioned at the top there, Rachel, Young has pleaded not guilty to those allegations, but do we know anything about why the Crown alleges that he's done this? It's a great question. I mean, as um, epidemiologist Michael Baker told me, he was working in a health environment where there are robust checks and balances. If he had concerns about data, he could have raised them in that environment. Scientists and health officials are obviously very interested to know if there is legitimate cause for concern over the safety of a vaccine. He did not go through the whistleblower route, which is you know there to protect public servants who want to shed light on things. He didn't raise the concerns, presumably, with with his employer. He went to a conspiracy theorist and, of course, is now facing charges for that. Mm. So from what we can tell, much of this information about death rates as well is, is publicly available. Rachel, he's had his first appearance in court. What happens now? He will be released on bail later today. Thanks so much, Rachel. That's Rachel Thomas, a reporter for The Post. Kia ora. My Christmas tree went up at the weekend, so uh, this comes a little bit too late for me. But coming up on Usable, how to choose the best Christmas tree according to science. Goodness me. Science is great to us. And to make sure you never, ever miss the latest hot takes from science, give us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform and the latest research will drop straight into your phone. 
So we're going to stick with the coronavirus chat for just a little bit longer because researchers have found two new versions of coronavirus in New Zealand bats. New Zealand bats? New Zealand bats. Oh no, I don't want us blamed for the next pandemic. All the little bats to be sick. <laughs> Instead of Wuhan being the epicentre, it's going to be, you know, some cave in Stewart Island where our New Zealand bats were just hanging out. It'd be so embarrassing. Oh, researchers actually found that 60 percent of our long-tailed bats became infected during the research period. So it all sounds a bit scary, but is it scary? To talk this over is co-author of this research, University of Otago professor Robert Poulin. Robert, thank you so much for coming on. So New Zealand bats have coronavirus. How much of a worry is that? <laughs> it was a nice introduction you've made there, but I think that your your listeners can can rest assured that the risks of these viruses shifting to humans is extremely small. And the reason for that is that um, in the big family tree of coronaviruses, of which there are thousands, by the way, only a handful have made the jump from wildlife to people. The latest is the one causing COVID, COVID-19. But a few years ago, there was MERS, there was SARS. There were other more localized epidemics caused by coronaviruses. But all those coronaviruses are on a branch of the family tree of coronaviruses that is very different from the one in which we found these two new species. So it's not impossible that they would ever infect a human, but the odds that they infect a person, cause pathology, and multiply and get transmitted to other people are remote. Why is it that some viruses morph into something that can then be transmitted to a human and some don't? Well, there must be something in their genes that makes them compatible with a human immune system and human tissues in which they can grow and multiply. So it's probably only a a small proportion of all viruses that could do this. And of course, if you have greater proximity or, or contact between people and wildlife, which is happening increasingly because we are encroaching on wildlife, then the chances increase, obviously. But these bat viruses have been around longer than people have been in New Zealand. And and researchers working on bats for the past several decades have been handling bats without gloves, without the sort of protections that we now would use. And none of them have become infected as far as we know. What is it with bats and viruses, Robert? Bats have a very different metabolic rate and, and physiology compared to other mammals. And it seems that over the millions of years of evolution, they have accumulated a very rich you know, fauna of viruses that other mammals, they don't have anything comparable in terms of diversity. So because there's so many of them in bats, it, it just makes it more likely that if people become infected by wildlife parasites, they're likely to come from bats. Bats also roost in these huge numbers in small spaces, whether it's a small cave or even a, a cavity in a tree. And there can be lots of bats in there breathing and coughing and sneezing on each other. So it's a perfect sort of environment for virus transmission. And Robert, you mentioned the diseases we've seen before COVID-19 that that have jumped from animals. I think you mentioned SARS. Now that we're getting more aware of these types of diseases, are we going to be able to get more of a warning before the next one takes hold? Well, researchers are mapping areas of you know hotspots of, of potential transmission And these involve areas where habitat has been destructed and therefore there's greater proximity between wildlife and people, but also areas where certain species of animals are found because our closest relatives are apes, gorillas and chimpanzees. 
Obviously, Africa is, is the hotspot of potential transmission. Bats are another source, so areas that have a rich bat fauna are also considered potential hotspots of transmission. We also know how it can happen. There's been consumption of wildlife meat in areas where people struggle to find enough proteins that is affordable for them to sustain their family. They go and they hunt wild animals. We know that wet markets where wild animals are sold, often still alive, is another potential source of of transmission from wildlife to human. So we have a much better idea now of where the problems might come from. And if measures are put into place, then we can reduce the risk. But there will always be a risk. Of all the diseases that are now common in our species, like the flu, for instance, these are diseases we picked up from other animals in our evolutionary history. So it's going to keep happening. Robert Pullen, thank you. That was a semi-reassuring chat. We don't have to worry about the bats coronavirus in New Zealand currently, but it's likely that there are going to be other diseases to come. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your, your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, science, as we all know, she knows no bounds. And science's latest science, hey, it's a doozy. Because apparently science can help you choose and then create the best Christmas tree. Say science one more time. Science. Uh, (laughs) This is wonderful. And the Daily Mail has very dutifully compiled the scientific journalistic masterpiece (laughs) that is all about how to create the best Christmas tree. They say they've spoken to the experts. Don't know how you qualify there. Uh, But here is what these said experts say. 1.8 metres tall is the ideal height for a tree because it's most likely going to fit in your home. On average. That one makes sense. No one wants a tree too small or a tree too big. Apparently the best type of Chrissy tree is the Nordman fir, but based on my limited Google research, I don't know if you can get Nordman firs in New Zealand. So we're all as a nation points down on the oh. best Christmas tree already purely by geographic location. We're at a disadvantage here. Disaster. What else have you got? What else can we do? Well, according to these experts... And this one again, questionable expert. The perfect time to set up your tree is the second week of December. Oh, we're not there yet. No. And my tree's up. Yeah. Well, I'll admit I put mine up in the end of November. So more points lost for Team Newsable. I'll rattle off the last few. Away from a heater. That's easily doable. It's it's summer in New Zealand. If it's a real tree, they say get a water stand, which I imagine would be standard practice. Uh, And LED lights are the best Christmas tree decorating friend because they use up to 80% less energy than incandescent bulbs. 
<laughs> I don't know what an incandescent bulb was, but that, no. that sounds like actual science because there's yeah. something to do with electricity there. Mm. Better uh, Christmas living, everybody. My own tip myself is do not decorate your tree with your toddler because all your balls will either end up on the same branch or at least the last branch that they can reach. It Did she at least say, Mummy, can I move that bauble before... She moved it? <laughs> no, she didn't. And and when you do it when she's asleep, she'll wake up and do it again in the morning. And it's just a big roundabout <laughs> and it's a good exercise in letting go. Maybe science can tell me a little bit more about how to relax when it comes to my Christmas tree. Anyway, that is newsable for today. I'm Jessica McCarthy. And I'm Imogen Wells. Have a great day. Was this episode of Newsable usable? Then back NZ News by making a financial contribution at stuff.co.nz support.